already know, man. Wiz, what do we know? Well, what we do know is we're on episode 32 of the I Can't Deal With This Podcast. We got the brothers in arms. We got Ben. Ben, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Hanging in there. Quarantined like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. All right. Gabe, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Doing good, good, good. Once again, he is Gabe. Isolating himself. Isolating <laughs> himself. Being the responsible human being. But it's okay. It's okay. We got him on FaceTime. We have that poor connection. So if he goes Walmart out. Walmart Wi-Fi. He's got that Walmart Wi-Fi. So that's what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be our Wi-Fi. doesn't matter. But, guys, it is a good day to be alive, ain't it? Amen. The sun's shining, I think. Everything's closed. Everything's closed. <laughs> guys, I just want you guys to know, I miss going out to eat. Like, real talk. I, dude, you know where I went by the other day? What? Landmark. Bro. I went right by it the other day with Kaylee, and I was like, there's Landmark. So, oh. so fun fact to the viewers. Um, landmark it's a landmark diner in charlotte north carolina where we are staying at um and it is my favorite restaurant of all time i've been there at least 350 times honest honestly on the low (laughs) honestly on the low end i've gave them so much of my money (laughs) so much money. gotta support local businesses though i actually i've been there I've got takeout from them twice since this quarantine started. <laughs> I've gotten Chinese like three times, but they just closed like officially the other day, and I can't get any Chinese food now, so it's all, I'm all sad. That is kind of sad. Yeah, it sucks. What is your, what is your go-to spot in Charlotte? What is your favorite restaurant in Charlotte? Oh, Best Walk, right near Osiris Road North. It's a, it's a, the Chinese food place that I was talking about, right where I used to live near East Mech. If you just go down Monroe Road, it's in that little crevice where Harris Teeter is. Dude, that's what's up. I it's, mad respect. It's a little are hole you, in the wall, but are you a big like? Do you love Chinese food? I like for like ever since my trip from Romania, I've just always been into like different culture, like of foods. I tried an octopus when I was in Missouri. By the way, terrible. Don't. What's the what is it, multiple octopus? Octopi. It's got to be octopi. I thought it was octopusy, but I guess <laughs> it's not. It's definitely octopi, I think, or multiple octopuses. I guess that's the way you can say it. Maybe. <laughs> so, so give so Ben. You, I guess since you're a big foreign food guy, give me your top four tiers of foreign food. Number one. Well, number one, uh, I've I've tried uh, j- Japanese food, and that Jap- so Japanese food first. Probably, the top probably tier. number four. I'm gonna go from bottom to oh, four. we're going bottom to top. They, Ugh, they, I've had some fried fruit from Japan when I was back in Fort Leonard Wood, and I wasn't too big of a fan. Three, Romanian food. I had a chicken kebab, and it had onions on it. And I'm, I'm not too big of a fan of onions, Jacob and, and Gabe, just so y'all know. And guess what? They were slapping. Those onions on that Slaps. kebab, very good. Romanian food was awesome. All right, we Chinese food, number, number two. two. Okay. And, of course, American burgers, hot Dude, dogs. That's the most Come on, American man. thing Absolutely. I've ever heard. You can never beat a hand, like Number a good one, cheeseburger. American. Come on, I gotta be. A little hey, I'm for out it here. though. I'm for it. I'm all the way in on a good burger, good fried chicken. Gabe, I know that you don't go out terribly a lot, but when you do, kind of, what would be your favorite place or restaurant in Charlotte? I know you're not. A, y'all don't go out very much. When I was on campus, there was this place that a friend took me to. It's a food truck, actually, and they had halal food. H-A-L-A-L, halal food. Where is this food truck? Tell me now. Oh, my God. Are you serious? It's, like, right across from... It's it's actually, like, right outside Jacob's apartment, actually. Like... If you if you go, oh, I actually know where this is in that parking lot. Yeah. Oh, really? It's right. It yeah. It's like. I, can, I know I, I know what you're talking take, about. Take you to it. That that's I've always seen like a food truck there. Now, I just never really now, tried it. Yeah, somebody good, somebody spread the ignorance. What is halal food? I'm gonna let Gabe I take actually, this. I don't even know. Like it I looked just, like Greek food, like kebabs and stuff, but I didn't know. I mean, they have, to they have rice. I mean, they have yeah, like you said, kebabs, other things. Kebabs but, I slap. Mean, I don't really know. That's the only thing I've done. This is there. this is kind of what it looks like. It looks like a like, kind of like a Chipotle kind of like bowl looking thing, but it's just much higher quality. Yep. And we definitely some, need to explain that because we're on inter- 
We're on the radio. Well, it's, it looks like a imagine a Chipotle <laughs> bowl. It's it's got some guac, beans, it looks meat, like a tortilla a, for the people sour cream, salsa, that are American. Like that, so. well, um, it. it looks like a Chipotle bowl mixed with a pizza because it has a lot of cheese on and the it's top. Tortillas, hey, but it's solid. Looks yeah, good. Looks solid. Uh, so I think it's been a it's actually been a pretty good week. Um, if all things considered, you're looking at the NFL draft, which came back came back up this week. NFL season might be NFL season might be our shining hope. Hopefully. I hopefully everything sorted out by NFL time, but who knows? Um, the Last Dance episode three and four that happened yesterday or two day on Sunday yeah, two Sunday. days ago. <laughs> I wanted you guys to get. I wanted your opinion on this. What did you guys think about the Bad Boy Pistons? I know, Gabe, I know you still haven't seen it. I know Ben, me and Ben have seen it. But three and four were very Bad Boy Pistons-centric. Do you think that what they were doing was fair? In today's society, we might view it as different. But back then, do you think even back then it was fair? Or were they just intentionally fouling and they needed to foul a lot more? It's kind of hard to explain. I don't... I don't think it was right, per per se. I mean, all those fouls they drew, drew and all, all the aggressiveness. I don't think it was right, but you know, in a heat of the moment situations, the Detroit Pistons were just kind of like a, like I don't care, but I don't care. They just kind of went at you and they kind of threw you to the ground whether you liked it or not. So I don't. It's kind of hard for me to say, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it's kind of a. It was a pretty bad thing. Yeah. Well, like, what do you think, Gabe? Do you think that the Detroit Pistons, their bad boy mentality, was kind of justified, or are you on what they did is unacceptable type mentality? Um. I mean, I don't want to like condone that type of play, but at the same time, I I res I kind of respect it in a way, just because like I think it's more of like a what am I trying to say? Imposing your will on like other players and saying you're not going to get to the rim easy. We, I don't care who you are. You're not. Nothing comes easy when you come here to Detroit. So I think that's the way like I look at it, and I kind of respect it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat of like, if we're looking at the Detroit Pistons, the bad boy era of you have people like Lambeer. Isaiah Thomas, even Dennis Rodman for a little while. Like, you knew that when you came into their house, you were in for a fight. It was going to be a battle. And, and, I'm, and if, if I'm being honest with you, I think that the Pistons and that bad boy mentality elevated Michael Jordan to that next level of his game. Because even in the Last Dance documentary, what we saw was he was winning scoring title after yeah. scoring title, 37, 38 points per game but he wasn't he wasn't dishing it out to his teammates mm-hmm. he didn't have that trust in his teammates and so because of that because of the bad boy mentality and the pistons literally punching him yeah. literally every time Quite he gets literally. in the paint he has to dish it out to his teammates yeah. and so it had i think it gives him that extra bump to put him over the edge of kind of that um to get that championship did you see how much muscle he put on too in the off season, I didn't really look. So I know that, like, during that ninety to ninety-one year, he started strength training, and they kind of made a big. He, but did he have like a a substantial change? Because I thought Michael Jordan was always like when he, he got cut. in the league, he was he was pretty skinny, but he was also pretty cut, and I felt like he might have bulked up a little bit, but it wasn't like... It wasn't a major bulk. It wasn't like Barry Bonds on steroids, like no. 125 because to like in a, 250. In a game like basketball, you kind of have to be not skinny, but you have to be thin. You have to be able to, you know, you got to be lengthy and whatnot. Michael Jordan was, but he put on 15 pounds of muscle, and I think he could have put on more, but I don't think he did because he didn't want... I don't think Michael Jordan wanted weight to slow him down. So I think he packed on 15 pounds of muscle, and then he was like, all right, I'll call it a day. Yeah, and I mean, you go kind of going back to what we were talking about just a second ago. I think that if it wasn't for – I think if it wasn't for the Pistons, I don't think Jordan would have been a champion. I think he would have been more consumed in accolades, Mm -hmm. individual accolades, being the best scorer of all time, uh, 
winning the most scoring titles, what what have you. But what I think the Detroit Pistons, he made him become all around a better player of mm-hmm. like maybe not as prolific of a scorer because he, after kind of the Detroit Pistons era, he was averaging 30, 31 points a game, which is still mm-hmm. phenomenal, but seven points less a game than he was in the 1988-1989 season. Dude, yeah. that 19... I think it's the 1987 or the 1988 season. Dude, this man was wilding. Mm-hmm. He averaged like 37 points a game. He was a de- he was the defensive yeah, player, of the, he was defensive player he, of the year. He won the scoring title. Dude, this man was dominant. He was an animal. For sure. But, I mean, if I'm going to be honest with you, kind of comparing the two eras, and I know we'll get into this in a second, but I think that the Bulls team – the, the beginning stages of that Bulls team trying to get over that kind of Goliath, I think that that's what LeBron-led Cavaliers had to deal with. Of like, you had a Goliath in the Western Con- – well, for for the Bulls, it was in the Eastern Confident- yeah. Conference with the Pistons. But I think that it was always for the Ca- Cavaliers, like when he came back, you had that Goliath, which was yeah. the Golden State Warriors, which – most people, if you're saying, put them at least top three best teams of all time. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of similarities between Co- uh, LeBron and Michael. I think there's a lot of similarities between mm-hmm. the Bulls and that kind of Cavaliers team. Yeah. Now, we never got to see the Cavaliers team break a record. Bre- like break the, a record or yeah. even really like – be as controlling as that Bulls team. I mean, you're looking at in the 1995-96 season, they won, what was it, 72 games? No, yeah, 72 to like nine or something like that. But, I mean, you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think there are a lot of similarities between the kind of character and career arcs of – Michael Jordan and uh, LeBron James. I mean, Michael Jordan, when he got in the league, he was the only guy. Mm -hmm. And if you looked at LeBron James, other than that Miami Heat stint, he was really the only guy for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You Mm -hmm. might say Kyrie, you might say Kevin Love, but Kevin Love was never the guy that he was in Minnesota. Kyrie, I don't think, even was in his prime. He was a second option. He was that scotty pippen-esque but i don't think he was even dominant enough to take over games but i think there's a lot of similarities between lebron and michael jordan and and i think but i do think and me and buddy well we might debate this next week of like who was better michael or uh lebron but i think it would be naive to say that they were the same player. They did not. They did not mm, yeah. even remotely play the same way. Of like, I feel like Michael Jordan and Kobe were very similar. Of they were score. Give me the ball. I'm gonna mm-hmm. score. While LeBron and kind of Magic Johnson were kind of that game facilitator. Give me the ball. I want the ball in my yeah. hands, but I'm gonna dish it out. I'm gonna rebound. I'm gonna do that. And so you see that Michael Jordan might be a better scorer, but who knows? I I might make this argument next week of LeBron James might be the better overall well-rounded basketball player. Mm-hmm. But also this week. Also this week, we had this idea of, uh, in the last dance, Dennis Rodman became kind of the focal point of that 96 or 1997-98 season. What do you guys think about Dennis Rodman? Because what this did for me is it opened my eyes to how underrated he is. Of like, Dennis Rodman had seven games where he did not score a single point but had but, 20 rebounds he averaged like 20 rebounds dude a game. that's yeah. like that's just the pinnacle of unselfishness if you ask me of like this man is just hustle under hustle, under the basket hustle. just waiting it's a dish, come on shoot the dude, ball i got you don't worry about it in the in the last dance documentary they have like his interview of like he could tell by the sound, he could tell by the player, like where the ball was going to mm-hmm. go, whether or not it was going to spin, whether or not it was going to clank. And I was like, man, That's this, impressive. like, 
this like, this is like real like math to this. There's like, a re- legit technique to this. He's just like listening, like a sixth sense. Like it, it, it's 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 incredible to see. And it's honestly, what's also incredible seeing. You're 100 percent right, Ben. Is how much effort and time he put in because. If you don't know about Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman is not a seven foot seven two guy, yeah. and so he doesn't. He's not a Shaq who should be getting twenty rebounds a game. Dennis Rodman is six seven, and he utilized that that like tip up rebound, like mm-hmm. just keep it alive, keep it alive, keep it alive. And he had that like drive that not many people hit in any era have of just like. Keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. And even when he's not scoring, it's not about that. He's just trying to work his ass off, mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. And yeah. I think Dennis Rodman, though, a hustler, dude, that man's a character. He is. Like you got Yeah, when you don't score points in a game, but you rebound a lot, I would be showing up with some hair and some stuff like that just to make myself be known too. But maybe that was just his thing. Like, yeah, and I, I felt honestly, I felt bad for Dennis Rodman a little bit because he was like the. He was the glue that held that team together when Scottie Pippen was out. Mm-hmm. And when Scottie Pippen came back, he was like – he even said he was, he felt like he was the third wheel again. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this man, Dennis Rodman, just wanted to be like yeah, the second just, man. He, he wants, wants to, to be, hang out with the cool kids. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> he just wants to eat lunch with us. But what what do you think – what do you think – and Gabe, I'm talking to you right now uh, – what do you think about Dennis Rodman? Is there anybody in today's NBA that kind of mimics that tenacity, that tireless drive of Dennis Rodman, in your opinion? Um, I I would lots of people say he's overrated now. I would say like the likes of Draymond Green, Russell Westbrook, and Patrick Beverly. Like they're just players that are like the definition of how like you effort is something you can't teach; it's just something that you want and hustle. And, like, those players, they, like, go 100% every single play. And they, they remind me of Dennis Rodman just because of, of that effort and not giving up on plays and making winning plays for their teams in their own type of way. So, I, yeah, I think those three, like, are, like, well, good representations of Dennis Rodman. I, th- I think I-, I completely agree with you. I would say Patrick Beverly above anybody of just yeah. like that tenacity, that tenacious defender who is – it doesn't matter whether it's LeBron. It doesn't matter whether it's AD. It doesn't matter whether it's James Harden. He's going to come after you every single play. And I think even Dennis Rodman, we overlooked that he was a two-time defensive player of the mm-hmm. year. I mean, we talk about his rebounding all the time, but he was he would lock you he down. Could, yeah. And That's and I funny. think that that and Draymond I think earlier in his career to your point Gabe I think Draymond was kind of like that but when he started to try to perfect an outside shot and a three pointer he kind of got away from that rebounding Dennis yeah. Rodman esque but I do think that during two years ago went before or three years ago four years ago whatever it is before KD got to the bay I think that Draymond was low-key one of the key part like he was the Dennis Rodman of that team of he kept them together type you thing. know you know who really surprised me on that team Sean Livingston did yes. you watch him at all he came off the bench and scored like 12 to 12 to maybe you know, 15, 16 points off the bench. And, like, every time Steph Curry would come out, every time Klay Thompson would go sit on the bench, Sean Livingston would go into the game and would do work. And I don't think a lot of people gave him credit during those that final. So I'm going to give Sean Livingston some credit for that. Oh, yeah. Now, now, Gabe, I know that you're kind of our local basketball connoisseur, and I have to ask you, from what we're seeing, because I feel like what we're seeing from this last that dance documentary is completely different than today's NBA. What do you think are some of the kind of marquee changes from back in the nineties, the bulls, the eighties or whatever you have you to today's NBA? What are some big changes that you're, you've seen over the past couple decades? Well, there, there's a lot of obvious ones. Like obviously, you know, more fouls are being called. You can't be, like, that aggressive anymore. Yeah. And the three-point shot. I think one of the biggest things, though, is that back back then, like, the first time you meet most of those players is when y'all get to the NBA and y'all build those rivalries up. And, like, you can still see that with Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas now. 
that they still sort of they respect each other, but they still kind of have like some type of rivalry. But nowadays, players like they're on AAU teams together, and they start as kids. So there's not really that much rivalry in the NBA now. Like you, they're like laughing and joking while on the court and stuff. And I think that's the biggest, like one of the biggest differences nowadays. Just the found growing a foundation and growing up together and then making it to the NBA together. That's not like how it was back in the day. So there's a lot of like in the last dance documentary, there's a lot of like game final scores. That's like 90 to 81 or something like that. In which a lot of teams, like a lot of them aren't even cracking a hundred. Do you think that that's more athleticism, a better scoring ability now, or is it lack of defense, lack of foul or more fouls being called? Do you think that there's any, uh, we as a society are becoming more points or scoring dependent. What do you, uh, I didn't phrase that quite as well as I wanted to, but do you kind of get what I'm saying? A of little. like, what in today's society, no. you look at the Rockets, you got them scoring 140 points. Is that a better, that we're better scores now or we're playing less defense or a bit of both? Or what do you think? I wouldn't say better scorers, but I would say more versatile scorers because, like, three points, like, when you shoot a lot of three-pointers and make a lot of them, they add up, and that causes game scores to be added up as Mm -hmm. well. And um, you see a lot of players shooting a ton of free throws nowadays, too, so that stops the clock, and that's points being added without the clock even moving. So I think that's part of the reason why the scores are so high, plus just the lack of motivation playing defense and faster pace as well that in four quarters 12 minutes you can you can score in bunches you really can i mean if you got somebody like he said uh you said the rockets i mean like rest westbrook and james harden they can those guys can score in bunches if they really wanted to and back back in the day i feel like the NBA basketball game was more of like a, a team effort, well, sort of, sort of a team effort. But nowadays, it's a it's a lot more individualized, a lot more one on one. And as far as defense goes, I still think people are playing. I still think there's very good defense being played in the NBA. It's just yeah. players pick and choose when they want to go and try to block a shot or want to try to get up in someone's face when they want to shoot a three. You know, so I think it's just very they don't feel like playing defense in the moment kind of thing. You know. Yeah, and I feel, in, in my opinion, I think part of the reason why scoring is so much, there's so much more scoring in today's M- NBA than there was a, 20 years ago, is I think also people are finding loopholes in the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Shaq, or you look at Andre Drummond a couple years ago, of like the hack-a-shack thing, mm-hmm. of like just fouling, fouling, fouling like Shaq, just so you can... Like, he misses, you get the ball back. He misses, you get the ball back. And I feel like that's still the same way of, like, the kind of trying to jump into somebody so they get called for a foul or something like that. And I feel like there's a lot more loophole play than there is, like, wholesome play or flopping play, kind of like that, than there was with the Bulls or with the Pistons or with the uh, Celtics or with the Lakers. So I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on it because what I realized two nights ago or whenever I watched it was it showed me how much the game is different. Because, like, if you saw the Pistons type play in today's society. That Every single one of those guys right would get a flagrant foul. All those guys would be fouled out. Probably like a 50K fine at the end of the game or some crazy nonsense. Yeah. But so we we move on from the last dance. Also, the other thing that we got to talk about when we're talking about this week in sports is the NFL draft. So I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions about the NFL draft. How did you guys, before we even get into that, how did you guys think the NFL draft did? It was all virtual. It was all online. Did you guys like it more than usual, dislike it? What did you guys think well, about it? Well, I, I miss the atmosphere with all those uh, athletes getting to like spend it with their – with their real with their family because you see in like most drafts people are in tables with like a lot of people you know Joe Burrow is only with his parents you know I don't 
I think it. I mean, the draft overall, I think, was pretty good. But the whole, the whole home, and they call you in your home. I don't. That kind of sucks. I wish I was in like a, you know, in New York City, getting drafted by the Lord knows who. You know what I'm saying? But not too bad. If you were in New York, you'd probably be with the Giants or Jets. By the way. No, I'm saying like that's where they would draft the players. Like no. that's where the draft's being held. That's so. actually in Tennessee. Oh, it's in Tennessee. Thank you. Oh well, pardon me. I think about yeah, the NBA. I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Don't play me like that. No, it is. T- it is in Tennessee. Oh, is it? Oh, no, okay. it is in Tennessee. Pardon me then. Um, Gabe, what do you think about the NFL draft? Did you catch any of it? Did you watch? I watched the whole first round. I didn't. Yeah, watch I watched any most of the, the other first round. two rounds. No, or other six rounds. Because it nah, just man. took too long. I can man. watch the first round pretty easy, though. Yeah. What did you think about it, Gabe? Yeah, I, I watched only a little bit of the first round, too. But I think I agree with Ben. It's nothing like the atmosphere there and, like, wearing your best suit and walking up on stage. But I think the NFL did a good job with making do with what they had. Um, a lot of people still tuned in. And I think it was – I think it – like, for how it was, it was good for – the circumstances yeah for sure and i also to go back to what we were talking about ben i just realized it was gonna it was in nashville last year it's in las vegas it was gonna be in las vegas Vegas. oh cool um but i felt like overall the technology went along without a hitch i mean there was a couple times in which the technology was a little bit spotty but overall i thought it was pretty pretty well um, design. I felt like it took too long, though. It did. I mean, I, you're, if we're talking about 32 picks in the first round, and it went from 7, 8 o'clock until... Twelve, twelve yeah, thirty. Like, like that's for that's me a little like that. bit ridiculous. A lot of the teams though would uh, they wouldn't have their picks in on time. Like I remember Jacksonville was on the clock for like mo- most most teams are on the clock for what two minutes maybe. Yeah. But I remember Jacksonville because me and my buddy Frank were talking about it and uh, we were like, man, these guys are taking forever. Like, who are they gonna pick? And they ended up going with uh, a cornerback, I think. Yeah, they got uh like they got the C. corner J. cornerback from right, uh Florida. Florida. Yeah. But um what who do you guys think was the biggest surprise pick of of the first round or really any round? Gabe, you you want to start us off? Yeah, um I'm going to go with the Eagles picking up Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Not yeah. cuz Jalen Hurts wasn't worthy of being picked, but just cuz like I think they had more problems to address than a backup quarterback position. Like, their secondary last year was really bad. I think they could have done, I think they could have done something there with that pick. And, I mean, they, they did better later with af- after picking up Jalen Hurts, but I think they should have used that for a defensive position to get someone who could have helped that secondary other than just picking up Jalen Hurts. And I, I understand, like, I've been hearing reports they're going to use Jalen Hurts kind of like a Taysom Hill role, but I just don't think that's how the Eagles could win and get past the hump again. Yeah, and I I, I personally, I, I completely agree with you, Gabe. Uh, the the, the uh, Jalen Hurts decision to me was kind of an ear scratcher mm, of, like, yeah. why would you really – do that just because Carson Wentz is in the first year of that extension. I mean, to me, Jalen Hurts could be a face of a franchise. In my opinion, some people might disagree with you, disagree with me, but I feel like he has that Mamba mentality, that something to prove mentality. And I think that he could be a face of the franchise type thing, but I think what's it doesn't make sense just because I agree with you, Gabe. There's so many more things on the other side of the ball, um, on the defense, on the offensive line that they could have addressed. Um, and the backup quarterback should not be your kind of number one priority. And if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm going to be a little pissed off because that's another person that's kind of coming for my job. And especially second round, that's kind of high. That's a face of the franchise mentality. But kind of going off that – quarterback who should be pissed off i think the biggest one to me was jordan love going to the packers um just because dude i mean you're you're looking at who supposedly aaron Rodgers' replacement which if you're if you're gonna do that if aaron Rodgers 
and I heard Pat McAfee say it or Ty Schmidt say it or whoever, um, like at that point in Aaron Rodgers' career, Aaron Rodgers could have been the number one draft pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love, no way in this draft was the top three quarterbacks four quarterbacks yeah, five, in the yeah, draft. Five, and yeah. he was never going to be the number one draft pick. He was never going to be a top 10, top 15 draft pick. And especially if you waste your tr- draft to trade up to get Jordan Love, who is supposed to be Aaron Rodgers' predecessor, Quote it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers still has four years left on his deal. More than likely, Jordan Love's deal is going to be four years. So unless they're planning on trading – Aaron Rodgers and f- go full on rebuilding mode. It doesn't make sense to me. It that was my biggest head scratcher of the night, especially in the first round. Um, but Ben, that, what was your biggest surprise? Well, y'all you took mine, but I was gonna say b- before that one, I was gonna say Makai Becton going to the Jets. Um, he was 11th pick. He's from Louisville. I just that kind of, I kind of scratched my head for a second, just because like a lot of linemen were picked. And I looked at Makai Becton, and I just kind of thought to myself, I get, I, the, it just doesn't really seem like the Jets could really. You, I mean, obviously, they're going to use him, but like he, they could have benefited off so much more. I think like it was just kind of a head scratcher for me personally. Yeah, and I mean, kind of going off some other big surprises, I didn't expect the tackle from Georgia getting taken by the the Giants um, for the fourth pick. I also Andrew Thomas, yeah, a- Andrew Thomas. Good. I didn't expect that. I also didn't expect Henry Ruggs the third to get drafted above Jerry Judy, above uh, C.D. Lamb, and get taken by the Raiders. Now, I mean, unless People are saying that uh, Henry Ruggs has like Olympic, like Tyreek Hill type speed. Well, he ran a four point twenty seven at the combine. Yeah, so. and I mean that's that's incredible. Yeah, but if you're looking at a, a dynamic pass catcher, that would to me was a clear, obvious choice of Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Um, I also didn't kind of staying on what, buddy, what you were talking about with the Eagles. I didn't understand uh, the Rhaegar pick, uh, which I think was the number 22 pick in the draft where they picked a wide receiver from TCU over like Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson coming off of one of the greatest kind of years mm-hmm. in in football history maybe not for a wide receiver but he was on one of the best teams in yeah. college football history um it didn't make sense to me what is and i'm gonna start us out on this one what's one or two guys in which fell that you weren't expecting to fall for me it's what i just talked about jerry judy and cd lamb i went on this podcast last week talking about mock drafts and i thought both cd lamb and jerry judy were going to be top 10 picks. Now, I knew I might have been reaching, but I thought both of them were definitely going to be gone by the 13th pick. Yeah. And the fact that the the fact that Jerry Judy got passed on by the 49ers, which don't even get me started. Uh, Why we got another defensive tackle. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We just got a defensive tackle. Why did we trade to Forrest Buckner if we're getting another defensive tackle? It doesn't make sense. But we should have got we should have got Jerry Judy. We should have got CD Land. We should have got one of those two guys to go on the other side of Debo Samuel. But the 49ers, we don't know what's going on. So we're dumbasses. But well, the Panthers drafted all defensive players. I mean, but but to me, good-ish investment. To me, the Panthers needed defensive players. Like their their defense was falling apart. Y'all cut half of them. Yeah, and the other half. Shaq Thompson was is really good, and he's probably all there by himself, figuring what the heck's going on. Yeah. So and so. I say Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy going, uh, I think it's 16th pick to the Denver Broncos. Um, CeeDee Lamb going, I think, 18th pick to the uh, Dallas Cowboys, which to me, that's a both of those are really good picks for the Broncos and the Cowboys, respectively. What do you? Who do you think fell that you were not expecting to fall? I thought I honestly thought Henry Ruggs was going to be a top 10 pick. I, re- I really did. So because- you think that Henry Ruggs fell? Yes, a little bit. I, th- I thought I thought he was going to be a top ten pick. I thought he was going to get picked up by like Detroit or something. Because he's a very he had a very impressive combine. And when I realized that he was going to Vegas, it kind of it surprised me that he just wasn't earlier. Same thing with Ceedee Lamb. It kind of surprised me that he wasn't earlier as well. So like, 
I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna say Henry Ruggs, but they got a snag, man. They're, them Raiders got got him a good one. Yeah, I dude, I'm gonna be interested to see how Henry Ruggs turns out because I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought the Raiders reached with uh, uh, Henry Ruggs. I thought Henry Ruggs was gonna be like 18th, 19th pick. Really? Not not above Jerry Judy or Ceedee Lamb. I thought he was going to be in between them. Yeah. Like I thought, yeah. What, what do you think, Gabe? Who do you think uh, fell that you were not expecting? Honestly, I think uh, Jake Fromm fell. Dude, yes. He Jake was supposed Fromm, to, that's right, yeah. Jake Fromm was supposed to be, like, third round, and he fell to the fifth round. Yeah. That's wild, yeah, but think, go ahead. Yeah, I think Jake Fromm, like, I, like, at least from what I've seen, like, his arm is there. Like, he has a really good arm. He made a lot of beautiful throws. I was expecting to see him, like, way earlier, like you said, third round. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just – he's behind Josh Allen right now, and I Josh Allen is the Bills guy, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. So, I, I just – I don't know. I would have liked to see him go earlier to a team he could con- contribute well, to. Well, dude, I, I thought he was going to be a second-round pick, too, yeah. man. And, and I, well, I didn't think he was going to go second. I thought he was going to go third. Hmm. But I, I think that – to me, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher of, I think Jake Fromm could be one guy in which is a sleeper pick and yeah. could, like, try to beat somebody out for that starting job. He might not be a great starter, but I think he could have beat somebody out for the starting job. It didn't make sense yeah. why the Bills picked him up, just because he's a he would be a backup quarterback. Yeah. But I guess that's what the Bills are looking for. Who do you guys think were the biggest winners in the draft? What oh, team do you think was winners. the biggest winner? I personally think the Broncos were the biggest winners. Really? I think so. I think that they got a really good guy in Jerry Judy. They got an in their they second did. round pick. They got another wide receiver. I can't remember his name or where he's from. Mm-hmm. But they got another wide receiver. And then their both of their third round picks were cornerbacks. So they're trying to get Good offensive weapons. They also, later on in the draft, got a tight end. They're trying to get offensive weapons for Drew Locke. They're also trying to shore up that pretty good defense that's led by Bradley Chubb, led by Von Miller. Um, And so I think the Broncos had a really good draft. Who do you think, Gabe? I'm going to go with the the Cowboys. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to fit, like, right in with them. And I'm – I'm just saying that based off of CeeDee Lamb. Trayvon Diggs was a really good pick, too. But mainly CeeDee Lamb, I think he's going to give them something that, like, him and Amari Cooper, I think they're just going to be unguardable. It's going to be like a Julio, Julio, um, Calvin, Ridley type thing. Dude, and don't, and don't forget about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's real, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they, got a wide, they got a wide receiver, like, dream team up in, up in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I think it was perfect for them that CeeDee Lamb even fell to them. So, Oh, for yeah, sure. I'm going to go sure. with the, the Cowboys. All right, Ben, who you got? Kansas City. Because they picked, up, they picked City. up a running back from LSU, Clyde Edwards. And I just remembered because I watched his highlights, and he looks like he's going to compliment Patrick Mahomes greatly. I looked at I looked at him the other day. He looks pretty legit. I think it's going to be fun watching him. So I'm going to say Kansas City get, picking up. I, I also I thought another one that was a pretty good pickup um, was the Baltimore Ravens. They picked up Pat. I think it's Patrick Queen, um, linebacker from LSU. I think, um, but I think that the linebacker position was one spot in which the Ravens were really lacking, um, and I'm really glad that they kind of sure up that position. And I think the Ravens got a lot better from this draft, and I think they could be on the same wavelength as the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh-huh. Um, and the K- Kansas City Chiefs was where it was at. How many of these athletes came out of LSU? Good Lord. It was, I, think, was like- I think, four or five LSU players in the first round. Yeah. That's which is weird. That's unfathomable. Crazy. God, that's insane. The fact that you say unfathomable at least once a podcast gives me life. Now, now, who do you think is the, who do you think was the biggest losers of the draft? Huh. I I can go. I can start us off on this one. To me, we I said I said it before. A head scratcher, Packers. I mean, yeah. Jordan Love. You have a backup, Taron Rodgers. In your second round, you draft a running back 
which you have Aaron Jones, who led the league in rushing touchdowns. Third round, you pick a tight end, Jimmy Graham. Ever heard of him? I mean, to me, that there was a lot of like unnecessary offensive weapons that they needed. Like, they needed to get a good wide receiver to be on that other side of Devontae Adams, and they didn't get a wide receiver in that whole draft. Yeah. So, I think if I were to give grades out, I think the Broncos would have got an A or an A-, minus, and I think the Packers would have got a surefire F. Yeah, I, I have to agree, man. I can't I can't really think of anybody that really took an L like Green Bay did. I, like, oh. I just can't. I'm going to have to agree with so, you completely. So, you're, so you're I, Packers, it, too? It's going to have to be because – even even my dad texted me that night when I was upstairs, and he said, "Did you see that?" And I was like, "Yeah, the Green Bay Packers. What the heck?" So I'm not the green. Like, all right, Gabe, who was your biggest loser? I'm gonna go with the Texans, and like, I I I feel like out of all the teams in the NFL, the Texans probably lost like the biggest thing this off season. And, you know, they could have done something in the draft to, like, help that. But I, I don't think the Texans' draft picks, like, helped them improve. They picked up a D-lineman, Ross Blacklock, and then an mm. edge rusher. But that O-line is still looking horrible. Yeah. They they didn't get anybody to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is good, but he's no DeAndre Hopkins. So I think they're they're in the same spot that DeAndre Hopkins just left them in. Yeah, and to me, the Texans are like – Texans don't make any sense to me. I mean, you you trade away you trade away DeAndre Hopkins because you don't want to pay him, uh-huh. yet you pick up Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, which together make up what you would have paid DeAndre Hopkins, which Randall Cobb's like 33, and Brandon Cooks is a shell of what he was in New Orleans. So to me, it doesn't make sense. I completely agree with you, Texans. Y'all, if there was one award for who lost this offseason, it's definitely the Texans. But who knows? Maybe, maybe Bill Bill O'Brien knows something that we don't. Maybe we'll yeah. eat our words here in the next few months. Yeah. Now, with the NFL being over, with the NFL draft being over. I wanted to ask you guys, we have four draft classes that are notorious for having a great draft class. Kind of like, what was it, the 2003 NBA draft with LeBron and Carmelo? And Is that the 2003? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. So, kind of like that. We have four that I want you to rank, kind of like we did the Hall of Fame classes a couple weeks ago. All right? The first one is the 2001 draft class, LaDainian Tomlinson, Steve Hutchinson, Drew Brees, Michael Vick, Reggie Wayne, Chad Johnson, Steve Smith, all of those were in the 2001 draft class. All right, keep that in mind. (laughs) The 2007 draft class, which is another good one. Oh, and for those of you who are like super big NFL fans, I'm only going back since the 2000s because I wanted to keep us like Relevant, relevant somewhat. Um, 2007, we have Calvin Johnson, Megatron, uh, Joe Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch. You got the likes of Darrell Revis, uh, Patrick Willis, Eric Weddle, Marshall Yonda, who just retired. Um, so that's the 2007. Those are some notable ones. Uh, 2004, that's a big uh that's a big uh, quarterback tr- class. You got Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. You have the late, great Sean Taylor, um, Larry Fitzgerald, and Vince Wilfork, who are in the 2004. And then probably the most recent one uh, being 2011, you have J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman, Cam, Von Miller, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Patrick Peterson, and DeMarco Murray. So I, I tasked you guys with the – the task where do you rank these four this is a what is your number one. one and what is your last one so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with my number one to me i think it's 2011 just because you got jj watt surefire for the hall of fame richard sherman surefire for the hall of fame von miller surefire for the hall of fame so julio julio jones surefire for the hall of fame patrick peterson surefire for the hall of fame so you got five hall of famers in that one draft class in my opinion um 
Six is Cam is not getting in the Hall of Fame. Don't entertain yourself. Um, but I'm going with 2011 as my number one. To me, I'll go with my last one. I personally think that the uh, who do I want to say? I personally think that the 2001 was probably the least, just because they have Drew Brees, which is amazing. But other than that. Other than that and LaDainian Tomlinson, they didn't have really anybody of note. I mean, Michael Vick could have been a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne could have been a Hall of Famer. Chad Johnson could have been a Hall of Famer. And you could kind of debate as to whether he should be a Hall of Famer. But I don't think other than LT and other than Drew Brees, anybody is a surefire pick for the Hall of Fame. Steve Hutchinson, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but he, he has a case for it. But... I'm going with 2001 as being the least. Who would you say, Ben, as your most and least likely? So my number one will also have to be 2011, but my least would probably have to be 2007. I mean, besides Megatron and Marshawn Lynch, I just don't see a lot – and Adrian Peterson. I just don't really feel like they can compete with – the 2011 class of that. And I just don't see, yes, Calvin Johnson does stand out to me and all that, but like, I don't think that they're as good as the rest. Uh, so I'm going to say 2011 is my first one. 2007 is definitely going to be my last though. Okay. Uh, interesting because we won't go to two and three. Um, but I would actually put 2007 as my second best one, just because Calvin Johnson, surefire hall of famer, uh, Joe Thomas, surefire Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson, surefire Hall of Famer. Don't know about Marshawn Lynch. Maybe. D- Darrell Revis, surefire Hall of Famer. Patrick Willis, I think, is a surefire Hall-, Hall of Famer. So they have a lot of good talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball for that two- 2007. But, Gabe, let's round this out. Who is your favorite and who is your least favorite or the best and the worst? Number one, I'm going to also go with um... – 2011 i mean that's just it's just had the most stars that are still productive to this day and that ran this past decade so yeah 2011 is definitely first and i'm agree with you again jacob for 01 as being the worst i mean other than michael vick and drew Brees, i mean i just don't really and Ladanian thompson of course steve hutchinson i just other than that i don't see anything that like pops my eye pops my eye and i don't think it's better than 07 and 04 by any means for sure for Mm -hmm. sure and yeah i'm going if i were to go and you don't have to do your whole like your reasoning but i would go 2011 2007 2004 2001 i could see what what would yours be ben 2011 2004 2001 and 2007. Interesting. Gabe, what would your whole list be? Mine is 11, then I'm going to go 04, and then I'm going to go 07, and then I'm – actually, no, I'm going to go 01, and then 07. Bro, oh. you smoking. Bro, what? I mean, no, 07 and then 01, my bad. My Bro, bad. I was like I was Calvin say, Johnson, Joe Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Darrell Revis, Revis Island – Pat, boy, I was about to go. About to go through that phone. Back you upside the head. Honestly, I think that like because they're quarterbacks and because they've been face the franchises, I think that Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers, I think that they give a lot more credit than they're actually due. Of like Eli Manning to me is not a top twenty, top thirty quarterback of all time. No, Philip Rivers is not a top twenty, top thirty quarterback of no. all time. To me, even Ben Roethlisberger isn't a top twenty, top thirty quarterback of all time. He's top twenty for me at least. What? Um. I wouldn't. I think. I think Larry Fitzgerald definitely top five, mm-hmm. uh, top five, top ten wide receiver. Sean Taylor, one of the greatest, if he would have been in his prime. Um, oh, I forgot about Sean Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sucks for you. But, <laughs> I can't take it back now. Yeah, I can't take it back. Nerd. So now I have to ask you, the the segment that's been taking the internet by storm. Guess the college. It's the final counter. Shout out to our day one. <laughs> Shout out to our day one. 
So, we did two weeks ago. We did quarterbacks. Last week we did running backs. Mm-hmm. This in this week we're going to do wide receivers. Next week you're going to both of you are going to like this. We're starting basketball. Thank you. Yes. I can't wait. That's my favorite. All sport. right. So here we go. This is round one. This should be the easiest. But Lord knows neither one of you are good at this game. So shut up. <laughs> so. Who did Julio Jones go to college? Where did Julio Jones go to college? Clemson. Clemson. You are wrong, sir. It is, yes, it is Alabama. Oh, that, okay. Okay. Julio Jones, buddy, has one point. Where did DeAndre Hopkins go to college? I think he went to, yeah, that's the one thing of Clemson. Yeah, okay, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins went to to Clemson. He went to Clemson, yes. So it is one to one. Now. Where did Sammy Watkins go to college? I will tell you, the round one, there are two schools. Alabama? You are incorrect, sir. Really? Buddy, there are two schools. Yes. All right. He played on the other side of DeAndre Hopkins. So it is Clemson. It yes. is Clemson. Okay. So, buddy has two points. Ben, you have one point. All right. Last one. Where did Amari Cooper go to school? Alabama. Alabama. Okay, so it is 2-2. Here's where we start to get tricky. Mm. All right. Where did that man, Larry Fitzgerald, go to school? Oh, the school I'm thinking, if I say it, I'm going to feel like an idiot if I if I even say it, so I'm not going to say it. Just say it. <sighs> Louisville? No. No. no You're that's not, that's not what in I'm the of. kind of right Am region? I, okay, it's in the is it in the ACC or it ACC? is in the I will give you that it is in the ACC in right ACC. now, right? What? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess we will. I, 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 I uh, same college as James Conner. Uh, uh, Pitt. Pitt. Yes. All right. Now, here is. Here's another one. Probably the best wide receiver of all time in college, possibly in the NFL too. Calvin Johnson. Where did he go to school? Ohio State. No. Yeah, I was thinking Ohio State. That's, yeah, I just no. I don't what? know why I was thinking Ohio State, but I, I thought it was a good guess. He is in the. He's in the South. I can't remember if it's in the ACC or SEC. Can we guess more than once? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. LSU? No. It's not a big-name school. Not a big-name school. You said it's in the South? Yes. Mississippi? No, wrong state. I'll tell you if you're in the right state. Georgia? Right state. Georgia Tech. I'm going to give Buddy that one just okay, because yeah, I think yeah. Buddy's he, still delayed. He, he led that up, so I'll give it to him. Now, this, should, this is probably the easiest of round two. Where did Mike Evans go to school? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know. I'm, I don't know, but I'm gonna played with do Mike Evans. He played with on the same team uh-huh. with Jameis Winston. And FSU. FSU. Florida that's State right. University. That's right. Oh my god! All right, I was thinking Florida. Thir- Boy, y'all suck at this game. Man, hey, bro, Adam, right? Adam literally manned on y'all last week. But well, right, if, we, last, if we talk about basketball players going to the NBA, I think I could do pretty well. Okay, so. next week we're going point guards. Next week, by the got way. you. All right, next. This is the final round. There are four of them, and I don't think either one of you are going to get any of these. Probably not, but I'm okay with it. Michael Thomas. He went to Ohio State. He, he went, went to, to yeah, Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Where did – now, if you get this, I'm going to be interested because I did not get this. Where did Devontae Adams go to school? Devontae Adams? What the – Adams. West Coast School. I'll tell you if you're in the right – Oregon? Rights. No, wrong state. Wrong state? California? Yes, right state. California. UCLA? No. No. University of Southern California? No. That was a good guess, though. Huh. Stanford? No. No? It's a small school. Small school. We're going to be here all day. California State. California State? You would have never got that. What the deuce? <laughs> Where did your boy... These are both 
Hey, your Boats Panther fans, oh. where did DJ Moore go to school? Oh, he went to, um, 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 um. Oh, Maryland, oh, yes. Oh, my God. All right. Now, now, last one. We're going all the way back for this one. And if you get this right, I will Venmo you $20. Bullshit. I promise to God. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Where did Jerry Rice go to school? Louisville. No. I don't know. Jerry Rice. I, I got a clue. I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. I will. I, I, oh, my God. <laughs> dude, if you get it, this, is, is, I'm going to be Is it on the so East Coast? It, not like dead East Coast. It's like in the South. Miami? No. No, it's a – dude – there's no way y'all get this. I'm I'm just gonna say it. George Tech, Mississippi Valley State University. What the deuce? <laughs> yeah, what Mississippi is that? <laughs> Valley State. Yes. What the All heck? right. Now the last segment before we kind of end this one out. I was talking to Adam the other day, and I got to thinking, what is one fantasy realistic trade that would put your team in a good spot for the future? So. My team's the 49ers, and I'll tell you mine right now. I'm going with Jimmy G and a first-round pick gets traded to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. And I okay. think I think with that, one, I think the Texans are in full rebuild mode anyway, mm-hmm. so they would enjoy a first-round pick. And, hell, if we get – if we want to soften them up for, a, like, a third and a, or a fourth or something like that, that works for me too. Yeah. But with Deshaun Watson, we would have a dynasty level, like Nick Bosa, Deshaun Watson, a very young defense and offense. It, spe- it, it unfathomable, unfathomable, unfathomable. There you go. All right, Gabe. What is your realistic trade that could put your team in either playoff contention or Super Bowl contention? I'm going to go with Will Greer, Curtis Samuel, and a pick for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, There is no way anybody would take that trade. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, sorry. Hear me out, you hear me you out, lost hear me. me. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So, the Rams, I, don't, I think the Rams are done. I don't think Jared Goff is going to get any better. They lost Todd Gurley. And I think Jalen Ramsey will eventually ask for a trade. And... We 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 need you offer you offer him to win now attitude. <laughs> no, listen, listen. Cooper Cup and Curtis Samuel they could they could bode well together, but we we are best when we have like swag on our defense. And as of right now, we've lost that swag without Thomas Davis, without Luke Keekley, without uh, Josh Norman. So. If we get Jalen Ramsey and we get that swag back, trust me, we will be back in the playoffs. We will be back on top of the NFC South. I will I promise you that. I will agree, bro. This but man's clapping his hands. Together. I will agree. I, w- I do agree to an extent. I don't think personally we need anybody on defense. We we have a whole we have a whole defensive line. Like we have a whole. We just drafted seven. Defensive players, so like I'll let these I'm gonna let these guys develop and show what their skills have their first year. Like we we gotta see. I mean, I know we got Shaq Thompson right now, but we I want to see where these rookies go. Like I want to I want I want I want to watch them. Want to witness them in a Carolina Panther uniform. But as far as like trade goes, the Panthers picked up uh, PJ Walker from the XFL. Yeah, which I don't really care for bro don't you ever talk about pj walker like that pj walker pj walker's better than teddy bridgewater mark my words you think yes 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 okay yes if he uh, how about how about this someone record this or no we're all all ready to record what am i talking about yeah we're recording right now if teddy welcome to the podcast if teddy bridgewater starts before pj walker Obviously, it wouldn't surprise me. But if P.J. Walker started before Teddy Bridgewater, I would be a little bit surprised just because... Y'all paid him a lot of money just to be a backup? Don't don't look at me in that tone of voice. Hey, y'all paid him like... Uh, 30, it was like, no. It was like three... Th- it was, I think, it was like a three years, like $50 million. It's like $20 million a year. So do you really think P.J. Walker is going to... Is like, better? Show no. I don't think... I don't. Do think, you think he's going to show out, though? Like, if they give him a chance, yeah. yeah. I think P.J. Walker is a great quarterback. 
But the problem is, is to me, I think the Panthers are dead set that Teddy Bridgewater, for some reason or another, is their guy. a lot about him, too, yeah. And it, you wouldn't pay Teddy Bridgewater a lot of money if you weren't dead set on him. Mm-hmm. And personally, what I would have done is I would have let P.J. Walker – Take it for a spin for a season. Yeah. If you lose a lot of games, you lose you a lot lose of games. It. You, don't make you the get Trevor again. Lawrence. You get Trevor Lawrence next year, and you're rolling and you're rocking. Or even if you don't get Trevor Lawrence, you get Justin Fields from Ohio State, which is also going to be in the draft this year. So rock with him. Either way, you got your franchise quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater is not your franchise quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not a top. 20, uh, I wouldn't say top 18 quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay. I don't think P.J. Walker would be top 18 either, but I think that it would be nice of, like, save some cap, save some money, and get your your face of the franchise next year. Okay. But I would I – would, I was about to say, what's your trade? Yeah, so I would trade uh, – I don't really know because, like, I'm not – I'm – I don't really know too much about, like, how trades work and, like, if someone gets, like, a first-round draft pick or whatever. But I would probably trade P.J. Walker for – I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't really know. I, I don't I don't really see – All right. Cause, you you want to know who I would trade yeah, if I were you? Yeah. I want to I wanna know because I, I don't have a clue. I'm so, a if I were the Panthers, who I would trade is I would trade – Oh say my it. gosh! You're always oh, gonna say it. I'm trade. I'm trading Christian McCaffrey, and I'm trading him for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a first round pick. No, no, they wouldn't go for that. No, I a was second or third does. round. No, I wouldn't. Mike uh, Evans, Mike Evans, Mike a Evans. second rec, a second round pick, and. Oh no! I got this. <laughs> He's sitting, I, up, I'm this. sitting up for this. He's like, wait, I got something to say. <laughs> no, you trade. You trade Mike Evans. Uh huh. OJ Howard. Okay. And a second round pick for. You trade him for. Christian McCaffrey. A you might have to come off the hook with somebody like a Shaq Lawson or Shaq, Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson, oh. But I think that would be a good trade. You get your wide receiver that you desperately long for. You're you do have a decent running back behind Christian McCaffrey, um, but you get a tight end because people are talking about OJ Howard is going to get traded to the Panthers anyway. You get Mike Evans, which I don't think is going to be. I don't think he's going to utilize be utilized correctly with Tampa Bay, so that's who I would say. Now, okay, now, okay. this is my last request because I love these kind of fantasy scenarios. Give me a team, and I'll tell you their. I will tell you who they should trade for. Who should the? Who should Seattle get? I would say that Seattle should get somebody. I think that you trade DK Metcalf mm-hmm. and a third round pick for Jalen Ramsey. Okay. You start new, okay. you start fresh, uh-huh. you try to get a modern day Legion of Boom dynasty up in Seattle. Again. Again, yes. All right. Hmm. Well, interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Now this is. I saw this on actually a YouTube video this morning, and this is the last thing before we close this out. If you were to commit a crime with any person, with one person, not multiple people, with one person in sports, what would the crime be, and what would the what would your person who was your accomplice be me and Michael Phelps would burn down an aquarium, bro. That's messed up. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Why would you burn down an aquarium? Cause you can get away. Also, with it. I don't know whether you know how elements work, but you can't burn down burn the, water. You can burn down the building. just not the water. The water will go everywhere. 
Yeah, I'd make it work. Me and Michael Phelps are. We could come up with it. Or we could, we could make it work. But on a, on a on a real note though, I would probably take Christian McCaffrey and do a big bank heist. Because he's white. No. You think white people are the only people who can have bank heists? That's no. racist, man. Man, shut Dang. up. I don't. I was watching. Bro- I, I don't know day. if you ever. I don't know if you ever watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, but. No, I've never watched. They were. I saw an episode yesterday, and it was like the third episode. It's like, so you don't think black people can sell drugs? Black people can sell drugs. Black people, and they started chanting it, and I started dying. Started dying. No, what? What? The whole scene was like, oh, you think that just because, just because there's a drug scenario that. It's going to be black. And then they're like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. And then the person beside him is like, oh, so you don't think black people can sell drugs? <laughs> and it's like, whoa. And so they started chanting it. And that was completely off topic. But I found it hilarious yesterday. Gabe, who would you rob a bank with? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who would I rob a bank with? It doesn't have to be rob yeah, a bank. It's any crime. Yeah, any crime. Okay. Um, I don't know the crime, but I would take Taco Fall. <laughs> yeah, y'all are gonna get away so easy with a seven foot five taco fall. He can't hide uh, anywhere. Taco fall would be able to scope out. Dude, taco it, fall would be able to scope if out. you guys get <laughs> caught, dude, taco fall would have to lay down to try to get in the police car. <laughs> you have to roll up like a ball to get in the back of something. Like, so you didn't even say the the crime. You see, he said you, you would, would use Taco, Taco Fall, Fall for Rick, Recon to see where you could go. Dude, I don't know. I never thought. Bro, y'all are a trip. I'm going with, I'm going with Conor McGregor. Oh. And we're gonna we're gonna rob a cartel. Oh, now you're just asking for it. Hey. But then again, Conor McGregor's a savage. I could see him just like, Dude, hey, brother, no, we're going to do but, this right now. But, like, hey, Conor McGregor, I call him. I say there's a couple mil on the line. He might get his crew that started to beat up the Khabib's guys. So, hey, we rob a metal. cartel. We got the drugs. We got the monies. We got the women. Woohoo! <laughs> Conor McGregor. Huh? Conor funny. McGregor. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, so. Do you have any words of wisdom for our millions and millions of listeners? Like I've been saying, just wash your hands. I'll wash your hands. Gabe? Man, just keep rolling with us. Hashtag roll with us. Soon. Hashtag roll with us. So, I don't... I just want you to know that that hashtag... I really can't... I felt like I came up with hashtag roll with us no, on you our did. own. You, but apparently, if you look up roll with us on Instagram... In the hashtag, it's a lot of food that just has like, like you ever had like a. Um, I'm curious. Hold up. Pigs in a blanket. Yeah. That have some like rolled onto it. It's that. It's food, and then it has us on our faces, and it's quite funny. But thanks for thanks for rolling with us, guys. Have a good week. Uh, please be safe. Make sure to wash your hands, as Ben said. Uh, thanks for rocking with us. God bless. And. Hashtag roll with us. Y'all have a good one. Peace.